You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Guidepost here. Um, we are recording this now on the, the Friday before this long-awaited ASMFC meeting where we will be hopefully discussing um, and seeing some uh, encouraging changes for this fishery to get it back on track towards rebuilding. Um, and uh, with that, we have um, two of our board members here at ASGA on the, on the podcast with us here today. We've got Captain Paul Dixon and uh, Captain Peter Whale, and um, both of whom I are calling from uh, sunny Florida. And I think Paul just got off the boat um, chasing some tarpon in the past couple of days. How are you guys doing? Great. Well, thanks, Paul. Yep. So, you know, when we've been talking about Addendum 2 and getting this striped bass stock back on track, um, kind of a, a common talking point that we've been seeing in Facebook comments, Instagram, emails, what have you, is, you know, how good the fishing is right now. And, you know, do we really need to make these changes? Um, and, you know, from from our point of view at ASGA, we, we definitely feel the need to take some changes. Just rebuilding is not going to happen unless we do. And that's been our goal from day one. So we we got Paul and Peter on the, on the horn here to, you know, kind of talk about what even fishing striped bass fishing used to look like, you know, those late nineties fisheries in the early two thousands when that stock was a lot closer to that, um, that biomass target level and just how prolific it was. And, you know, maybe, uh, some of the differences that, um, comparing that to even today. So if you guys want to take that, that that prompt and run with it, we're we're all ears. Um, Peter, you want to lead off? <laughs> sure. I'll, yeah, I guide out of uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, so I'm kind of on a northern range. And um, our fishery, I would say, you know, has kind of evolved. I mean, the one thing 10 or, 10 or 12 years ago was that we had multiple year classes of fish that would come through, a lot of smaller fish, fly rod fish. And, um, you know, it's just changed. I mean, um, we get a lot of Hudson River fish and a lot of Chesapeake Bay fish, but I'd say 80% of the fish are out of the Chesapeake Bay. But I was used to having a wide swath of your class of fish, kind of the smaller fish arriving first and then bigger fish a little bit later in the summer. So, but it's definitely changed from what it was last year. Um, boy, where to begin? Uh, you know, I just, I have to look back at things of way back when, you know, before the moratorium that they had on stripers. And, and, uh, so I would say, I remember when in the eighties, there were no fish and then, uh, for 10 year moratorium, uh, you saw the greatest conservation success story of all time. And then by the 1995 was deemed recovery. You know, so uh, so looking at all that and seeing what the 90s was like and the abundance, like Peter said, of different size bass and 
and and seeing you know in those days when they when they finally opened it back up and everything else it was 36 inch was the size the limit and uh and so they decided to change that and uh in the early days i used to go out and catch you know on the flats 10 fish five of them would be 36 to 41 inches and then we begged them please don't uh don't don't change the size limit, but because of the abundance or presumed abundance, they lowered the size limit. And then, you know, three years later, they decided to make it two fish at 28 inches. And and the whole idea was that why didn't you leave them in the water for a couple of more years and let them spawn and let us really build a big biomass? So that didn't happen. And in the two, in 96, 97, you look at young of the year indexes and you see these huge, you know, spawning masses, which was wonderful, you know. But then as uh, past 2007, 10 years later, you see it drop off to nil. And meanwhile, you're, you know, uh, taking all the fish in the year classes because they're falling into that 28 inches. So years later, here we are. And those huge year classes that uh, that you had great spawning and everything else, those are your real big fish that you have around now. Uh, and then you'd luckily, we had a couple of year classes that spawned in 2015 or whatever, and those are the smaller fish. And now you see the, you know, the coming into the slot and all this good stuff. And what I would say to, to, you know, how it is and how everybody presumes the fishing is unbelievable right now. And there definitely is moments because there's a big group. Luckily, they're protected in sort of protected of big fish. So everybody loves the big fish, which is wonderful. Uh, and they're running up and down the coast and everybody, the Manhattan and, and uh, everybody's getting them. What I would say is for the abundance wise, I know that you know, because we spend so much time sight fishing and on the flats and stuff, that there is nowhere near the fish that you used to have back in estuaries and uh, and all the places that they used to be. I've never run so far as I do nowadays trying to find fish. And, and so the flats was a big indicator, you know. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I hear of how awesome the fishing is, is when you have these big bodies of fish in certain areas. Uh, as an example, right now in front of Raritan Bay, in front of the, you know, the Hudson and the, you know, and, and everybody thinks it's biblical times and it's great. But if you consider that that's the whole East Coast population of stripers, sort of, then it's it's a little worrisome because as they spread out and they head towards Peter or they come towards me or whatever, you have waves of fish, and uh, and you know the uh, the smaller fish nowhere near what we used to see. You know, so you're sort of lacking. To me, it's it's terribly worrisome. You know, I I love seeing that there's an abundance, and the the problem is is that our year class, the the 2015 and stuff, because of the final conservation measures and the slot limit. Uh, Unfortunately, that whole year class is coming into being keeper fish. So you hear, I hear the you know, guys in the, the recreational boats in Montauk saying, oh, this is the greatest thing. There's so many keepers out there. Unfortunately, everybody's keeping the keepers. 
And so in my opinion, yes, there's, there's an abundance of fish at certain times of the year, but uh, I think we're headed towards long-term uh, demise, to tell you the truth. So it's just a, a slow death. So a couple, a couple comments on that, Paul. You know, like you talked in, talked about, you know, the fish filling in on the flats and in the estuaries, and you know, you kind of need that full rebuilt biomass to where they they're they're being forced to spill over into all these other regions and you know parts of the waters that you fish. Um, so that's kind of the the outcome of a, a rebuilt stock, right? They're not going to be concentrated in these, you know singular areas they will kind of be more forced to um occupy and inhabit their full historic range um and i know you know in talking with some guys up in maine you know they still have good fishing peter you've had some pretty good good summers recently um but i i I was shocked to hear that you know even in the early 2000s you know those main some of those main fisheries were out of this world like like peter mentioned diversity in, in age class um, fish in the flats, fish on out front on the on the rocks. Um, so I think that's an interesting you know angle here where you need that rebuild stock to benefit everyone, not just some of these few um, these few isolated regions that are fishing very well, no doubt. Um, the second thing you know is we got to protect what we got, right? We we don't have much coming down the pipeline in terms of recruitment um, either on the in the bay the hudson hasn't had a particularly huge year class they've held pretty average which is good comparatively to the bay um so in terms of protecting what we got that's what we've got the 2016 or 2015s rather a little bit in the 17s and 18s those those two year classes are average above average um but what asga has been pushing now is we can't keep hammering these last best hopes of recovering the stock um, so we need to change course here at this upcoming May meeting to get them on track. Um, I, Peter, I know that's something you and I have spoken about in the past in terms of shifting that that harvest away from the 15s because we don't have much else. Yeah, I mean, if you and I think Paul would probably agree, uh, the best fishing we had years ago was when we had that one fish at 36 inches or better. Just and part of the addendums that. Um, AFMSC passed was they wanted a, a a wide range of fish. In other words, the whole stock was healthy. And now we seem to be whittling away at that. That was part of the addendum. But somehow we've got to try to protect the 2015 year class and figure out a sweet spot with a slot or whatever, or we're going to be headed, we're going to be headed to a moratorium. I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I- I don't then, think people realize how dire it is from a management standpoint, you know, right. like that, you know, that could it, be the. As part of the addendum, I mean, it was to rebuild the stock, you know, in another 10 years. And when you have a 10% chance of doing that, it's not good. So I don't know, you know, the fishing last summer for us in Maine and New Hampshire was epic. Um, I told people that, you know, we're, we're fortunate that, the Gulf of Maine is performing, you know, a degree or two every year. So we're getting all of Paul's fish off Long Island, July and August coming north. And then the other thing, we've had bunker schools right in on the beach. So we have a big concentration of big fish in those bunker schools. And people 
think that that's a healthy thing and it's great for fishing, but it's kind of the last buffalo hunt, if you know what I mean. I mean, those big fish are in there feeding on those. And, you know, we've actually had bluefin tuna in on them too, mixed in with the stripers. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing. And I don't want people to get the impression that the stock is healthy because it's not. And we don't have a wide range of small fish with big fish. And that's what we need. I mean, you know, moving forward. And if you look back years, years and years ago, you know, we depleted all those big fish right before they went into the moratorium in the 60s and 70s. They had, all would probably agree, two or three years of epic fishing on the Cape where they were catching 50 and 60 pounders. And then it went away. That was it. It was over. So anyway, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that Atlantic Stakes will take some, you know, action here. I know the commissioners in Maine and New Hampshire and Massachusetts are pretty conservation oriented. It's just a matter of counting the votes to make sure that, you know, we can take action. Yeah, no, that's the important part for sure. And, um, you know, it, 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 it is a concerning state for striped bass now, no doubt. Um, but you know, it's not entirely doom and gloom when you look at how resilient striped bass can be, you know, they can materialize an epic year class out of, out of what others would expect uh, not to occur. Um, I'm not holding my breath in the, in the Chesapeake Bay region, considering where uh, this spring has been with low flows, um, low, low river flows and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, to, this is a resilient stock. And, you know, to our point earlier about doing something to save these last few fish that we, year classes that we have, you know, they, they can come back and we can, you know, have that abundant rebuilt fishery where we're all, you know, benefiting from it, all stakeholders across the board. But I mean, it comes down to action at the ASMFC and I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Peter. I'm optimistic about it based on our conversation so far. You know, it's funny because the, uh, uh, a lot of people, you know, think in different, they, they look at the fishery as rebuilt and obviously because there's these moments of great stuff and everything. But when you, when you really take a look at the, uh, uh, like you say, all the year classes and everything else, and then you, you factor in all these things, even the big fish, which are, i.e., protected, so to speak. But when you hear about transfer of quotas to states that are taking them by the pound, and, and it doesn't matter if that, you know, 50-pounder is protected in New York, you know, it, when you're doing it by poundage and he's being netted and filled a, a quota, you know, it still disappears. It's gone. So... You know, there's just a lot of fine tuning that needs to be done. And the one equation that always seems to be a problem is what Mother Nature throws at you. Because you look back on those young of the year indexes and you think, God, look at 96 and 97, you know, 10 times. The, and then it flatlines for 10 years. And and maybe Mother Nature's that's that way. And whether it's the freshwater runoff in the Chesapeake and you need high, you know, salinity con- content for it all to work and all, you know, to, you know, come together, you know, you can't rely on that. So, you know, so the, the management aspect to make sure that, you know, everything is safe is, you know, you, you got to think so far out. So it's a hard thing to obviously manage. But well, I think if 
precautionary it's precautionary management, right? Paul, like we we can't control spawning success. We can that's we can right. only we can only control what we can control, and unfortunately, that's just fishing mortality, and, and we're not even good at that either. No, and that's the problem. And when you don't realize how much, you know, you throw in poaching. Uh, how much does mortality, how much is, you know, natural old age dying? You know, uh, you know, the, you know, I've seen more stripers this year because the abundance of, like Peter was saying, because of the Manhattan all over the beaches, never seen sharks like I've seen. You know, I've got, I'm seeing black tips and spinner sharks everywhere. And I'm seeing big stripers that are being released cut in half. So, you know, it's it's all part of the equation, and and it's a tough one. But you know, I I think to the people who think that that, that it's a wonderful the fishery, you can't believe how good it is. You know, if you're in areas and it has its moments and everything, and it's it's wonderful stuff. But you know, all I can say is respect the fish and do it because God knows how long it'll really last. And I think that a lot of the stuff I hear from all the people saying it's, God, I've never seen fishing. And look at all the year ties. And look at, they're usually sitting in areas that that's where the fish are concentrated or the gather, the, the, you know, the big river gatherings, whether it's the Chesapeake, the Hudson, Raritan Bay, you know, all those areas, that's where you're hearing with New Jersey. It's biblical. It's unbelievable. There's also 10,000 boats out there hammering those fish and uh, you know it's all i would say to everybody is you know keep your fingers crossed and respect the fish because if you're not catching release and you love what you see right now and everything then you know it's, it's lefty used to say you don't burn your golf balls and and beware and like you know, Peter was saying, I, I remember the same thing in the 80s and these guys catching these monster fish and, you know, and thinking, oh, my God, I got the biggest fish. And, you know, it's so rings of that right now. You know, how far can you whittle down till, you know, whatever. You know, and I think there's a ton of people now in the fishery, too, that, you know, are my age, you know, mid 20s, 20 to 30 that don't really don't really have that that baseline of what the early 2000s fished like like how how great that fishing was up and down the coast so you know that's kind of that what why we wanted to also get get you guys on the podcast who have been operating in this fishery for so long and seen the the ebbs and the flows like you know fishing is good now but it can be a hell of a lot better and i mean i know i i, I don't think i've seen um i know i haven't seen you know, a rebuilt fish or a rebuilt striped bass stock, you know, when it's really close to that, that biomass target level. Um, and so I, I have no basis to, you know, compare it to, and you got that whole shifting baseline syndrome with, with in fisheries and, and other things for that matter. Um, so it's, it's really important that, you know, we hear from, you know, the, hear, hear from guys like yourselves who have been in it for so long and can kind of tell us, you know, fishing is good now. You're not wrong, but it's not where it once was. And that's that's what the Guides Association has been trying to work towards. Yeah, I remember in the 60s, I caught my first striped bass. And I was on the beach on Long Beach Island, New Jersey. And I brought it up to my father and I said, what is this? Because there was a moratorium going on. I mean, they're just, and it was 17 inches long. You could keep a fish that was uh, 18 inches. They had just started to open it up a little bit. but 
I mean, I cringe every year when I look at the young of the year class out of Maryland and see how low it is because I know that those fish, that's the future, you know, and so we got to protect the 2015, 17, and 18 year classes, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. That's the goal here. You know, it's it's interesting because uh, and I, I've sort of relayed this in a past story, but, you know, I remember my dad turning around. I grew up on the West Coast. And uh, as we were driving out of the jetty, and I was 15 years old at the time, and he said, I remember catching albacore. These are long fin albacore off that jetty in Newport Beach. You know, in those days, it was in one generation. Then we were traveling 100 miles to get them. And, you know, Will and, and your age, you know, uh, people and everything else, you know, you look at, at you know, what, is it, what are you going to be saying in 20 years? I remember when, and that's the thing for me that I don't want to turn around with my kids and see, you know, and I've already been there, you know, is I remember when the striper came back and it was the greatest success story of all time, but now I remember when, you know, and that's the thing, you know, you really got to think ahead and, and uh, you know, whatever you could do to, you know, to protect it, if you enjoy it, you, you best, you know, the, the, the rules need to be, you know, for the commission and everything adhered to, you know, if, if the, the stock is deemed overfished. So we need to take action and protect the stock so that uh, our kids are, you know, the, you know not looking back from us in, in an interview 25 years from now saying, well, I remember when, you know, so anyway. No, it's an inflection point up and down the coast, right? It's an inflection point for the straight bass stock. It's an inflection point at the at the commission in terms of how they respond. But you know, to your point, Paul, it's an inflection point on all of all of us anglers. You know how how can we you know work together in terms of advocating for management or even you know trying to ensure that all these stripers that we love catching swim off as strongly as possible. So um, it, it take it takes the whole the whole uh the whole bunch of them to uh come together to to get get the get this fishery back on track yep takes the village yeah well that's if anyone's got some uh some parting thoughts um i'd love i really appreciate you guys uh both taking some time out of your 85 degrees and barely any uh any wind down in south florida there i i, I imagine both would be uh You'd both prefer to be chasing tarpon, but this is, you know, very appreciated and, and val valued. Well, we thank you too, Will. And go ahead, Peter. Anything yeah. else? Yeah, I was just going to thank Will for the podcast here, and uh, thank Paul for for being on. And let's hope that um, that the commission takes some action here soon. And if it's emergency action, I'm all for it. I mean, we've got to do something to protect those, the 2015, 17 and 18 year classes. So anyway, uh, and I would just tell anyone who's listened to this podcast, stay involved, talk to your commissioners, make sure you let everybody know what's going on and talk to your fellow fishermen. So thanks, Will. Same thing. You know, I agree with Peter hundred percent. You have to be involved. 
And I hope that the commission does the right thing. You know, that the, when science is telling you, when all the facts and the data is telling you that the, the, the fishery is overfished, then everybody has to come together and make sure that the fishery, if you love striped bass, then you want to work towards a strong fishery so that you and your kids and everybody else can enjoy it for a lifetime. Otherwise, like I saw back in the 80s, it can disappear overnight. So we just pray that the commission sticks to their, you know, uh, guns and rebuilds the, you know, the striped bass. Yep. Well, thanks to you both. Um, thanks to the almost or over 3,000 um, concerned anglers, guides, and brands that signed on to our sign-on letter um, that has been accepted for supplemental comment at the commission. Um, the commission will be discussing all things striped bass uh, this upcoming Tuesday, May 2nd at 8.30. Um, that You can tune in online and, and watch that discussion. Um, just head on over to asmfc.org. Um, but all of us at ASGA will are we're, we're going to keep pounding uh pounding the pavement ahead of that meeting to ensure we've got a bright future for striped bass and this fishery gets rebuilt. Um, so thanks again, guys. This was a great discussion and uh, safe travels as you head back up here north. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it, and thank you, ASGA. All the hard work, well worth it. <laughs>